Hey everybody, welcome back to Beats, Rye, and Types, your favorite podcast about music, food, and programming. I'm your host, AQ, and I'm here with my main man, MRB. What's up, dude? Chilling. How's it going? Good. Um, you were just listening to a track called Get Away by uh, aptly named band, The Internet, um, from the West Coast, from LA. They're a really cool band. They're kind of usually related to the Odd Future crew, who we've probably talked about before, like Tyler, the creator, and Earl Sweatshirt, and those guys. But they have their own kind of sound and own thing. Um, the lead singer is a producer too, and did a lot of production for those guys as well. And she's she's really awesome. They had an album out a couple years ago that I was really into, and then they just dropped their new album, which I kind of must have missed over the summer, and then just started listening to a lot this week because. There was an awesome uh, NPR does this thing called Tiny Desks concerts. Have you watched any of those? Uh, yeah, it happens in DC actually. Oh really? Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do they have? Do they invite people to the like? Can you like go see one? Or is it I just, don't like, think the... it's public, but you know yeah. enough. It's small. It's tiny, and the yeah. people that work at NPR, I guess, probably bring their buddies and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. it's like. If you haven't seen it before, it's basically like in the NPR offices, they take over like a little corner of the recording studio and set up the band there and they film it. They they do the audio and they, they also film it. And so uh, the internet had like a little set there last week and they're like usually like little 10 minute sets. I'm assuming they actually do more, but they actually just film 10 minutes of it. But it was well, but really the good. cool a cool thing, too, is that it it influences what the band can play. Right. Cause yeah, it's yeah, a exactly. small place. So it's like you can't. Yeah. Bands tend to do like a tiny desk version of a song unplugged. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like or they, minimally plugged. Minimally, yeah. I mean, the internet is mainly like you know sample electronic driven, but they have a bassist and two keyboardists and stuff like that. So they had their like little keyboard set up in the corner and a little drum set and stuff like that. It was really cool. Got it. Anyway, MRB was at an interesting conference last week and gave a talk um, with our friend David Nolan as well about something very Beats Ryan types related, which is music and programming. <laughs> Two out of the three, I guess, right? Right. I- I'm I'm interested to hear. I've watched a bunch of the talks now. Strange Loop is awesome because they post a bunch of the talks immediately, which is really, really cool. And so I've been able to like basically watch a bunch of the talks that I heard the most about already. But I'm really interested to hear from MRB about like kind of a recap about how the conference was and what the what the most interesting things about it were. Yeah, well, I was thinking about it because you mentioned, you know, we were we were discussing earlier uh, the topic of the show and you mentioned this. And then I think actually what we can kind of talk about uh, in a broader sense is community. Uh, and the cool thing about Strange Loop, it tries, it's ambitious and it tries to be more than just a programming conference. It's trying uh, to turn itself actually into like a community of people that it asks the question, what, what does community mean to you? Like what, how, and I don't think we've like had an episode about that, right? It's an interesting kind of concept. So the reason, and the reason why I bring it up is because Alex Miller uh, and the other organizers who essentially curate this conference, they've chosen not to do what I think most people in their position would do, which was, is to maintain the status quo. Uh, and so they're actually doing new and interesting things with the conference and trying to make it bigger, trying to make it you know more and more uh, inclusive every year, and yet still trying to stick to 
what I think is a very admirable and compelling perspective about the intersection of technology and like humanity. And so you you saw like one of the talks that I was raving about and one of the talks that I know you watch was Idaline Bobet's uh, keynote about technology and activism. And that was one example of something where it definitely doesn't reflect a mainstream perspective that talk right like it's a it was a very it was a very social justice oriented take on the intersection of technology and people and and sort of entreated the audience to think in a revolutionary way about technology uh in a way that doesn't just enrich the people that already have right so that was a cool example and and i think it actually echoed it echoed something that happened early, like before the conference, which was that there was sort of a controversy uh, before the conference happened about uh, a speaker that was accepted and then rejected because um, people in the community felt that the presence of the speaker would be kind of threatening to like what this community was all about. And to know that like the perspectives of the organizers and the people involved in the conference and the attendees of the conference are trying to align around this thing that I'm very passionate about, which is, you know, making technology more approachable to humans and making it making it something that is uh, more inclusive and accepting in general. So that was really cool because it's it's kind of awesome to be able to be somewhere that's like the technology itself is really interesting. There's a lot of like belly scratching, like just like cool stuff that happens, right? And then to know that there's also this depth of like actually like a mission is forming around it. And so that was a kind of a cool thing about attending the conference this year. And I hope that it kind of, I hope that it comes across in people who, to people who are, you know, viewing the talks uh, in a more piecemeal way offline if they couldn't attend. Uh, so that's what I thought was really exciting about it. And it feels it feels cool to be part of a community like that. And, you know, it's important to remember that people that people that don't people that don't always feel like safe and happy at technology conferences because they don't see a lot of people that look like them or think that a lot of people think the way that they do. Like it's hard for them to recommend to other people to go attend a conference. Right. Like, you, you know, if you're like. If you're a woman who attends some conference and you know that it's like this kind of very weird, threatening environment, you're not going to like tell your pals to go to that conference, right? You're like, no, actually, that conference sucks and it's unsafe and we shouldn't go there. So it's cool because we're starting to see in the community that it's being known. It's, it's, it's getting a reputation for being that kind of place. And I think that that's really cool. So that's the, that was my biggest takeaway. And shout out to everyone that I chilled with there because it was really fun. And it was like an it's like an IRL uh, Twitter nerd Woodstock, basically. And there were some super enlightening, uh, very interesting talks as well. I did I did attend a bunch of talks. Um, I did the hallway track for a while and attended a bunch of talks and presented a talk myself, which went over well. And uh, so it was cool. But I mean, yeah, that community thing is kind of the big thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Beyond beyond the community, like uh, beyond like the the community of the conference as the the tech global community at large and becomes more diverse and interested in like figuring out how to enable people of every background to participate and enrich the existing community. 
it like casts a really clear light on which I hadn't I, I like as most things in this in this kind of way like I was kind of blissfully unaware of how difficult it was for a woman or a person of color to attend a tech conference and be feel like they were like you know fine there you know like it in and now that it's becoming more aware that that's like a thing that we have to be concerned about or like just think about because I'm sure that's that's step one is people just being aware of it. I'm glad to know that it's something that I should be concerned about. And I'm also glad to like try to figure out how I can actively make it better um, in, in whatever way I can. Part of that for me right now is like I'm organizing Catskills Conf and that is going to be awesome, but also like a challenge to really figure out how do I make it so that this very intimate space is going to be comfortable for as many people as possible. And we're really, really, I'm really, really, really trying hard to do that. And I hope that I succeed in any way I can. But it's, I think the the biggest point is like, it definitely is something that has, that requires intention, right? It's something that you can't just be like, hey, we're open and we're inclusive, you know, and just assume that that's going to happen without some kind of known effort. And I think that that theme is a theme that's kind of, being spun across all you know walks of life beyond the tech community too i mean we've been talking about uh the tennessee Coates books too and like how that is like and his latest long article on the atlantic too and how that is like a really key part of that that conversation is like there is like this isn't something that's just going to happen when people acknowledge it and it's not going to just get fixed like it requires intention and it requires like active work to to make all communities safe spaces for everyone obviously that's like a very lofty goal but it's like it's something if we don't work towards it then what's what's the point right we're not we're not going anywhere like i'm really i'm really glad i really i really enjoyed abby's talk it was i think what i liked best about it was that it was a story but it was also like super super honest and relatable even if you don't know her story or aren't don't don't have the same even uh like any kind of overlap with her story like it feels like you know she's a real human being who's like really 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 trying to make an effort to like fix things any way she knows how and that was like a really really super powerful message and super inspiring too it it definitely highlighted how simple things are simple things can often promote a lot of change, especially relative to their uh, the amount of effort they take. Just if you think about one example that I really liked is uh, of making a website for a local business and having them be online and, and maybe, you know, making it available to more people that who it wasn't available to before in some way, as opposed to like, you know, making an app that any restaurant can add themselves to and then they have a website, right? Like the difference between those two things, I think is, is, is kind of what she was driving at, right? Like platforms and big things and general solutions and all these kinds of things they like she was saying they're too amenable to influence from outside sources right so if you have a local person that's maintaining uh you know some infrastructure for you and you can talk to them and you can work on it together and they probably eat at your restaurant and that's the person that can represent help you represent yourself online or on the internet or whatever then that's a very valuable thing 
um, and co-opting of public spaces is like it's something that marginalized people suffer from, right? Because there's a lot of ways in which these platforms aren't really created with them in mind, but they end up being uh, very prominent users of, of these spaces. Um, so I think there were a lot of powerful messages in that, and I really recommend that everyone go and watch Adeline Abi Bobe's talk. What other ones did you watch? So far, I have watched yours, which was also yours and David's, which was also good. And I watched our former guest, Corinne Myers, talk about the chemical computing. Chemical computing, yeah. I read the title of the talk, but it was also really, really fascinating and great. Um, She's a great speaker, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely like even not being there, which obviously definitely a little FOMO about that, but... (laughs) I, I it's okay I'll I'll survive <laughs> but it definitely felt like speaking going back to the community thing too like it definitely felt you know we've talked about conferences as communities before I think but like there's some that I've like especially we've talked about JSConf I think before and Chris Williams and the job that he's done and actually a friend of ours Matt Bergman made a post this week I don't know if you saw that about JSConf and JSConf community mainly showcasing his photographs of the past couple years of JSConfs but it was um it made me you know kind of kind of put a tear in my eye not in like a bad way but just in like oh yeah there are like there are people who are actively trying to like build lasting relationships and lasting communities in 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 tech and in through these conferences and through these events and it's really every time someone talks to me and like like assumes that conferences are about the speakers and that's it like about like the talks i always get kind of and frustrated because the thing that i've always gotten more out of of conferences is like the sense of getting to know the people around you and the people that you work with and the people that you work your peers and your and making friends that way not in like necessarily just a camp way but like in a like a really meaningful like there are people that i that i would consider my really good friends now that i've met through conferences or this community and that's like a super important thing and important part of my life because it just uh, maybe it's just because i'm an extrovert and i need (laughs) i need i need people in my life but it's definitely like a really important thing to me and it i think it i am able to like work and be a consultant now mainly because of these relationships that i've formed over the years through these through these events and i don't i don't i try not to take that for granted you know yeah it's interesting to I think it's interesting to think about where uh, a group of people turns into a community and uh, what the difference is. And I think like you hit I think what you said about intentionality is definitely a big part of it. That intentionality uh, doesn't come for free. You know, uh, it's it's something that takes work and takes effort and is worth it. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I think what. Chris did with the JSConf uh, stuff and what Alex has been doing with um, Strange Loop uh, and the other conferences that he's involved in really, really speak to that. And uh, yeah, so I mean, and it's cool that it just happened. It just so happens to intersect with this, you know, weird kind of out there technology kind of stuff that I find really interesting. Yeah. Um, So that was cool. What do you think, what, like, if, if you were going to summarize what the intent or what the work that you would have to do or the work that these people do to, to make that happen, what, or do you have any thoughts about that? I think it's a lot of, I think it's like, 
it's probably like a giant playbook of lots and lots and lots of small details, right? That you kind of start from the ground up and challenge your as many basic assumptions as you can about how you would put an event together and make sure that you're overcoming like your normal biases and how you would do things and assuming that everyone is capable of ac accessing things that they might not be able to, you know, thinking about how you can make sure that people who can't really afford to come can still come to your conference, figuring out ways to get it, get them, get the word out about a community into places that they normally wouldn't be. And we should probably invite, you know, we should invite Alex or some of the other Strange Loop people on to ask, the, ask them that question. I think that they're really the, I think that they're really the experts there. I mean, shout out to everyone who, all of our listeners who said hi to me uh, at the conference and gave us some encouragement. That was really nice. We were sad we didn't have like any stickers for you or anything like that. But um, soon we'll do that. Soon we'll do that. Yeah. So I think for people that want to for people who are listening and are thinking about or trying to create a community or a local like space, I would seek people out who have done it and, you know, research it and really make sure that you're thinking about it. And, and, and a thing to do is to avoid just assuming that you know how everything works and that you can kind of just do it without involving people. And if you intend to make it a safe space for other people that, you know, you, you need to make sure that they're involved in, in making sure that that's true. But yeah, I'm really not an expert. I just really wanted to call out that I felt that they did a really amazing job with that. Um, and it's cool. It's it's becoming a bigger, more diverse and interesting thing. So that's awesome. I got to meet and chat with a lot of really uh, a lot of really interesting people about programming languages and distributed computing and all that, all that and business and all that kind of fun stuff that I like to talk about. And I and and speaking of food, I. I uh, did eat some barbecue because there happened to be a barbecue festival across the street from Strange Loop. Uh, <laughs> and the salt lick from outside of Austin, Texas oh, was God, there. The photos look so ridiculous. I've always wanted to go down there and I've never eaten barbecue in Texas before. So that was really great. Thought that the brisket was phenomenal. The only the only barbecue I've ever had in Texas was my my cousin got lives in Dallas and got married in Dallas a couple years ago. And we were there for like a whole couple days and during the time we were there the texas state fair was going on in dallas which was one of the most ridiculous like just things i've ever attended in my entire life like not just because i'm a crazy yankee and it just seems so weird because they were like you know the rodeo and all that stuff but like the food itself was just it was like there was some barbecue we had a little bit of barbecue but Mainly, it was like deep fried everything. <laughs> it was disgusting. Some of it was actually kind of good, like really fresh deep fried like corn dogs with cheese inside were really good. But then there was like deep fried grilled cheese sandwiches, deep fried avocados, deep fried chicken fried bacon, <laughs> which was like the star of the show, the the blue blue ribbon winner that year or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, I would I really am looking forward to going to Texas soon and hanging out with our friend Johnny Tan, who just moved out there and having some delicious barbecue with him at some point. Yeah, he he asked me to he said, come down here and have it at the real place. <laughs> I've never really been down there. I really need to go. That would be nice. And we ate at Pappy's, which is another really good barbecue place in St. Louis, and their ribs were phenomenal. So shout out to Pappy's and shout out to the Salt Lick. I met the Salt Lick people randomly in the bar uh, at the hotel at 
uh, Strange Loop. So <laughs> shout out to those guys too. I, it was funny because I saw the guy wearing a Salt Lake hat, and they like called me over and were asking me about the conference, and we ended up talking about barbecue. It was cool. Uh, they drove the barbecue like this. They drove the smoker all the way from Texas up wow. to St. Louis, and uh, they were they were having fun. Uh, then they they had put their meat on, and it, it had been on for three or four hours, and was going to be on for another twelve or thirteen hours or something before <laughs> they started serving it. So uh, yeah, that happened, and that was really that was really tasty. That was really tasty. Uh, another thing that, uh, another thing that the strange people did that was cool that I was involved in actually is they have like a mentor program. So for people, for people that get a grant to attend the conference or first time people at the conference, uh, you can sign up to like have someone who's like a veteran, like show you around and introduce you to people and stuff. And so that was cool. They set up a lunch like the day before the conference, uh, the day of the pre-conference stuff. And I attended that with some people and met some interesting people and kind of, you know, we recommend talks. If there's anyone that they want to meet that, you know, you try to introduce them and talk to them about that kind of stuff and whatever. So that was really fun. That was, that's one of many details that were involved in making in, in the, in the aggregate of making a conference that felt really fun and safe for everyone. I really enjoyed um, Peter Alvaro's talk. I recommend that one a lot. That was a keynote about sort of an overview of his research, uh, asking questions about expressivity and programming languages and can we program distribute, distributed systems in a declarative way like we can query databases and that kind of thing and the trade-offs involved in logic and his history. And it was a very kind of rich talk, so I really enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, there were lots of other Karen's talk was Karen's talk was really cool. Um, I had a lot of other recommendations for talks that I didn't get to check out that I'm going to follow up on and all of the videos are online. So like Aaron said, you can check out their YouTube channel and, and try to check that out. Word. So, okay. So I have this, now that you've started talking about community, I have this off topic thing that I'll talk, a slightly off topic thing that I'll talk about and we'll see if, if it, if it doesn't make sense, we can just cut it out of the show. Okay. But Something I've been thinking about a lot with where I live and Kingston in general um, and community in general is trying I, – I, I've been – I got roped in to being involved in this like techpreneur program that Ulster County is doing. Ulster County is the county that Kingston is in and uh, a friend, Kale, got me involved in this thing that's like trying to recruit entrepreneurs to come up to Ulster County and start tech businesses because it's a great place to do that. And I'm a poster child of that, I guess. I mean, it is a great place to do that. I love living here and it's awesome. And I really highly suggest that anyone could come join me. But when I was talking to some other friends about this, not that program in specific, specifically, but kind of the general trend in Kingston, Kingston is like a interesting city because it's actually kind of very diverse, but pretty divided in terms of how it's how the structure of the city is set up so i live in uptown which is like this pretty um nice little area that's the original like old part of kingston then there's the ronda which is also kind of like this nice harbor part of town where there are a lot of businesses and then there's what is often called mid uh, midtown or sometimes sometimes referred to as like just Broadway in Kingston. It's like kind of this main stretch of road that when Kingston was thriving was filled with like shops, every single storefront. It's like maybe a mile and a half or two miles long of just like storefronts. IBM was here for a long time and then they left and now in the past 
15 years, like Midtown and Broadway has kind of fallen apart and become like a pretty rundown part of town. Like there's a lot of storefronts closed and all of that stuff. I've been talking to friends about it and I have, I there's like a conflict that I have, which is that I lived in Brooklyn for my almost my entire life and I saw Brooklyn turn from this super diverse place where I like went to school with tons of different people and tons of different backgrounds and everything and ended up now like the neighborhoods I lived in are pretty like undiverse and like gentrified and just turning into places that are so expensive that people can't live there anymore. Like even myself, you know, like you very, 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 very few people can afford to live like reasonably in the city anymore. And so I see Kingston like coming up and getting turned into this like up and coming place where there's cool shops and cool things. But personally, I would like to, I feel like we have an opportunity because we're just at this threshold where that we can bring up the community in a way where it doesn't make it so that there's us versus them and like an outsider thing where like it's literally gentrification and it's literally like pushing people out because the rents get too high and everything like that. There are people who already live here who want to start businesses and have businesses in these like small shops all around Midtown and there's still like a lot of space for it. So I'm kind of posing a question and I don't have the answer to it, but I'd love to hear people's or your opinions about how I as an individual who wants to bring Kingston up as a whole can go about doing that and maybe using my tech background and tech activism to to do something where we can build this community in a way where it involves everyone and not just the few who can afford it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, it definitely makes sense. I think that one thing that you're doing right is not just like assuming that you know how to do it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talking to other people is important. I mean, I think that... Well, um, like, you know, I feel, I don't know, I'm not, you know, my background obviously is completely in like technology and, you know, other, other esoteric fields. And I'm sure there are tons of people who have done research about communities and about infrastructure and all these other things that I I don't know are politics and all this stuff who maybe there are case studies for like where you know an area was brought up without this clear divide of like gentrification or like just the the mode that most of New York and a lot of big cities have gone through and maybe there are good examples and case studies of how how that happened and how that worked but I I I don't even I barely even know where to start you know I think it's hard to measure your own impact on, uh, you know, your community, right? Uh, and that uh, getting other people and other voices involved in that is a is a really good way to start. Is there a community center or that kind of infrastructure that already has like the ability to provide cheap public space for people to do skill sharing kinds of things, right? I think. That getting to know the people around you is like a really f- important first step in organizing your community. And so maybe figuring out a way that you can get more people in the same room with each other uh, and start by meeting the people that you don't normally meet, right? I mean, like the, p- the people that you and I met, like walking around your neighborhood, like you know those people. So, how do you know the people that live somewhere else? Or maybe there's people in your neighborhood that you don't know because you don't frequent the same establishments or whatever, right? I think common ground is like a really important thing. I mean, I'm not 
not an expert either. And I guess this could kind of be like our experts needed show. Like we, we could, we could try to invite other people on to talk to us a little bit about how these things work and try to figure out the best way to do that. But I think that hanging around in those kinds of hanging around at a community center and going in there and making it a better place for everyone is like a really good, easy way to start. And totally. Like even the, I love the building websites for businesses idea too. Like that's something that obviously I could like technically help out with and wouldn't be that big of a challenge, you know, to do. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I definitely know a bunch, like I know way more people in my community here and all around the area than I ever have in any place I've ever lived in. It's, it's not that big a step to take the next step and just go further afield and make it, make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think finding people in that, finding people in finding people around you and organizing with them is like, I think that's what, you know, we, we suffer from this lack of, we suffer from this lack of like common ground and it just kind of gets worse. And, uh, a lot of it is how you raise your kids to be in your own community too. Right. I mean, and what you, what you teach, what you teach and what you learn from your, uh, absorb from your environment. But Deep questions with no answers today. Yeah. (laughs) How do you make community? Right. I mean, and I think that creating inclusion is the key word is creating, right? It's like things in our world. Creating is because it's an act, not just a. Things in our world don't tend toward open. They tend toward closed, right? Like for whatever reason, those are kind of the prevailing forces. And I think if you want to work against that, it has to be intentional and you have to be loud about it. Um, and you have to be really open and, and accepting of all that other kind of stuff. So. Well, community, you know, is one of the things like being able to share ideas is like kind of what makes us human, right? You know, right. versus and just animals. And so it's like, you know, but in our nature, we are maybe just animals. So maybe it's hard for us to like, take that extra step to, to interact with other human beings in like a meaningful way. Yeah, it's it's hard. It is it's really hard. I, I want to make an effort at it. Not that I shouldn't have before, but it's, it's, it's becoming more and more clear to me. And the more I read, the more I talk to people, the more I see talks like these, that this is like important work, not just in the tech community, but at large. Well, tell us what you think. If you're an expert on this, please tell us what to read. We like to tell us what to read. Yeah. We both love reading. Tell (laughs) us what to read. Tell us what will break our brains and, you know, that's, we love that stuff. Uh, and, you know, come on and talk to us. We talked about getting a, a call-in number at some point, but we never, we never made that happen. <laughs> yeah. um, Probably the, because you asked me to do something and I didn't do it. <laughs> Just going to guess on that one. But you can always email us uh, at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at beatsridetypes.com. That goes to me. And obviously I'll, I, I won't keep anything from from Mike, we'd love to, we'd love to we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to talk more about this, and we're hoping to see you at a conference soon and talk in person. All right, thanks everyone. See you next time. Peace. Yeah, yeah.